0: I'm Kim Grenells of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and we, again, are in the Visiting Coaches booth high above Husky Stadium where it doesn't look like this booth was used much today. But uh, good day out at Husky Stadium We're started off to be warm until I took my coat off, and then the wind kicked up and the rain came in. And I think everybody was pretty glad to get this over. But uh, kind of a cool atmosphere. Scott, what are you guessing maybe between FanFest and what, the game, maybe 3,000 people?
1: I was thinking three to five probably in that range somewhere
0: somewhere in there you know and just also you know the fan fest the dempsey indoor good chance for some of the fans to see some of the player and see the size and talk to them a little bit Uh, we'll talk about some of the recruits that were here later lots of former players here especially the nfl guys uh guys going into the draft lots of those guys here but uh you know, just uh, pretty much what we'd expect, you know, what we'd seen at practice, you know, for the past uh, four weeks, uh, you know, just a lot of drills. And then we got into a little bit of scrimmaging and actually the first time we were we've seen live, live hitting, Chris.
2: Yeah, it was live hitting. Obviously, the quarterbacks weren't live. But um, it was interesting because on Friday, Chris Peterson said it was probably going to be like three quarters practice and then a quarter at the end would be scrimmage. And I thought, I mean, there was probably a good 45 minutes of scrimmage. Over that. Over that. So, I mean, it was there was a fair amount of scrimmage. I mean, they probably had, you they know. They started at
1: 115. and I Well, I'm sorry. They started about 120, 125, right. and it was 230 before we got over with. So.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, they, they got a lot of scrimmage work in, and, and most of it was taking guys down to the ground, which was good. And, uh, obviously, we got to see some players emerge and make some plays. And what I thought was really, really interesting is that they had a, an interesting scoring system where you got a point for a first down for the offense. Three points if the defense held the offense uh, down to a series. And then I think he got a point for a touch sack or a point for a turnovers or whatever. And it literally did come down to the very, very last series of the entire the spring play. preview. Last, last play. play. And it was, they were at the one-and-a-half-yard line because they started at the 10. And basically they had the third team in. So – Chris Peterson is immediately putting these guys on on pressure to try to get this thing done. And it looked like Sean McGrew had scored. He literally got to the goal line and just got pushed back. And so the defense ended up winning on the very, very last play of the game, and I think they got stake for that. Yeah,
0: yeah. uh, for those who haven't been to a practice, you've got a good idea of what we see every day when we come out to practice. And You know those pictures where you see all the gears winding, one going one way and the other going the other way, and you see all those gears in motion? That's a lot of the time what Husky football practice looks like. There's always wheels spinning out there, and there's not a lot of standing around and wasted time out during practice. Now, scrimmaging is a whole different thing, but they got to see how efficient a chris peterson practice is
1: yeah um you know you mentioned what we see in practice we see a lot of the drills and we'd say maybe one or two team sessions um during the during the um practices the normal practices so actually people got an hour of what we only got maybe 20 minutes of during a regular practice so um, not complaining just telling people what it is so yeah. um but uh you know, like Kim said, there's very little in the way of wasted time when it comes to Chris Peterson uh, practice, and I, you, you have to be encouraged by what you see out there because there's a pretty nice talent level out there.
0: Yeah, talking about you know the offensive side of the ball, I was a little bit surprised. I thought Chris, you know, when uh, Softy had Jimmy Lake on, Jimmy Nate Lake said that this was going to be the vanilla of the vanilla of the vanilla, but I thought he might throw throw a trick play in there just for somebody to have to spend time on the Auburn guys maybe throw something a little wrinkle in there just for them to take a look at but uh, pretty vanilla today Scott. oh yeah ab-
1: absolutely vanilla the you know they they had uh, uh but they still had a ni- couple nice big plays on offense um Savon Ahmed had that 15 yard touchdown run good kick out block by Luke Wattenberg who came out and got his guy out of the way and then Savon makes a couple guys miss on his way to a touchdown that was big um and then uh um you know the big play to Jake from Jake Caner to Max Richmond for 85 yard touchdown so um some pretty decent plays um but nothing really out of the ordinary you know they're just straight up plays um, the the two young guys, Colson Yankoff and and Jacob Sermon, neither one of them really hit anything big uh, down the field. It was mostly Hayner and and Browning doing that. So um, and I think some of that's just learning the offense and and feeling more comfortable.
0: And I think most of that is just you know situations that they're putting them into. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know J- Jacob Eason only got you know once. What Four downs, you know, and that was it. But, uh, you know, it sh- sure seems like they're trying to force-feed Jay Kaner to make him that backup, and that's what we've seen all spring, Chris.
2: Yeah, and I thought he responded well, 9 of 15 for 139 yards. He had the one touchdown to Max Richmond, which was a perfectly thrown ball right in stride to Richmond who took it. I mean, Ver- Sean Vergara was about to pick it off, and Richmond comes right across, and as soon as he gets it, he's gone. Um, so that was a great play. That was obviously the play of, of the spring preview. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I mean, they, they had some moments, but again, you know, what we saw from Jake Browning last year is what we saw from Jake Browning today. He was 12 of 18 for, what, about 106 yards, long of 19, so he wasn't really looking downfield all the time, used a lot of outlet uh, receivers and running backs. And uh, I thought the tight ends had a really, really good day today. I thought Kate Otten oh, just huge. really showed up. Um, you know, a guy that, you know, we've talked about here and there, but really haven't highlighted him so much. But I think I thought Kate Otten probably had the best uh, day of anybody on the offense. And then obviously Hunter Bryant had a really good day as well. And he had that really nice catch on that high throw from from Browning, made that nice catch for
1: about a 12, 13 yard gain in a first down.
0: Yeah, Kate Otten finished with five catches for thirty eight yards and I had a chance to talk to Jordan Pow Pow going down the tunnel and he just smiled and goes, It's sure nice to have Hunter Bryant back <laughs> You know, well, so and Kate
1: Otten, you talk about the five for thirty eight, those don't sound like big numbers, but I think all of them were yeah, uh, for first downs. All of his rece- all of Kate Otten's receptions were for first downs.
0: Yeah, he looks good, and he looks like he's put on what twenty pounds oh, from yeah. last year, yeah, and then he's uh,
1: definitely bigger.
0: Hunter Bryant, five catches for fifty yards, and Hunter looked. Hunter's still not 100%. No. He's still got some hitch in his uh, in giddy-up. But, uh, you know, Hunter Bryant, um, I mean, he's a force mm-hmm. out there. But you can't say enough about Kate Otten uh, and Hunter Bryant out there today. And, you know, that's not even talking about Jacob Kaiser, who, you know, played a lot last year. And, you know, has had an outstanding spring so far.
1: Or... Um Who's a guy from Newport High School? True example, yeah. Drew Sample. I mean, he hardly played at all today. Yeah. So, I mean, Washington was given a lot of reps to those younger guys, uh, especially the receivers. I mean, Ty Jones had a lot of throws his way. Um, saw Austin Osborne make a couple catches um, in. Um, not necessarily the final team sessions, but in the early ones when they weren't really keeping stats. Uh, He had a couple nice catches. Um, I didn't see Bynum or Cook really get many throws their way. Well, Bynum wasn't available. He wasn't available today. Okay, my bad. So uh, there you go. But, um, you know, just – Quiet days for some – Bocelli had had a couple throws his way, but wasn't able to really get anything hauled in that I remember. So, yeah, and you was, know, Jordan Chin did have a touchdown reception early on, and I think yeah. he had one later on in the day too. Yeah, so. I
2: think one of the best throws – obviously, Hayner is going to be known for that 83-yard throw, but he had a back shoulder throw to Jordan Chin uh, in the first kind of opening team period, which was a little bit more of a tempo period. And uh, he threw a great, I think it was about a 20 to 25-yard strike back shoulder in the end zone for Chin. And I thought that was a really, really good throw, too. But, again, Kim, if you look at the tight ends, the combined tight ends between the three of those guys, between Kate Otten, Hunter Bryant, and, and Drew Sample, they went 12 catches for 95 yards. They'll take that every game. Oh, yeah. They'll take yeah. that every game because I guarantee you, of those 12 catches, don't be surprised if a couple of those would be a touchdowns down yeah. the road.
0: Yeah, you know, Jordan Powell Powell's got an embarrassment of riches, uh, you know, out there. Uh, Mike Neal didn't uh, do much, so that's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. But, uh, you know, just I want to get back to Jake Browning. I thought Jake was really efficient today. He was 12 of 18 for 106 yards. But, you know, uh, he, his arm strength is a lot better than it was at the end of last year, and you tend to take Jake for granted. We know what he can do. I mean, so when we see him do these things, it doesn't surprise us. But one of the things that I noticed is I think he's got a new favorite receiver. He's sure looking at Ty Jones quite a bit. He seems to like Ty Jones, and he's getting uh, you know a lot of balls thrown his way.
2: Yeah, well, again, like I said, for, for the fans that came out and watched the game today, you know, the scrimmaging part of it, you didn't see really anything that you haven't already seen from Jake the first three years he's been here. But what I thought I saw that was slightly different, Kim, was that – he showed a little bit more escapability. Um, he had seven runs for a net thirty yards. Yeah, he had a little bit of. of he had a couple touch sacks, um, which you know that's he's going to give those up from time to time. But I thought he showed some escapability. Was able to get a couple first downs where maybe in the last couple years it would have been a 50-50 proposition. I think he looks a little faster. Uh, Not saying all of a sudden his ability as a scrambler is going to jump leaps and bounds from what it was last year, but I'm I'm starting to sense maybe just a a little bit better – uh, a little bit more improvement in that area.
0: Well, it helps when you know where everybody on the field is. When he was a freshman, he didn't know, but when he last looked,
1: year, he knew and he didn't. He took some sacks that he shouldn't take, and I think maybe he's learned from that.
0: Yeah, you know, but I mean, he knows where everybody on the field is going to be, and you know, when he is scrambling, he's pretty efficient. But you know, he looked. He had a little Russell Wilson esque run today, where it changing directions and yep. you know getting by guys. But you know, you don't have to be. You know, Russell Wilson, you just got to be smart about it, and Jake seems to be pretty smart about it. But you know, also a couple of those runs, guys couldn't hit him either. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I think those guys would love to take a shot at Jake at some point along the way. Uh, getting back to the running back, Sean McGrew, 11 carries for 33 yards. Um uh, Miles Gaskin, they pretty much know what he can do.
2: Yeah, he didn't even didn't hit. Yeah, you know. he didn't even get a carry in the actual scrimmage part. But you know, Savon Ahmed averaging four and eight, four point eight yards a carry, uh, yank off seven point five on the couple carries he had. But overall, two point four yards and one knockdown of a. Uh, referee
1: by Colson Yankoff too. Ran over a quarter uh, referee. Yeah,
2: that was that was yeah. a
1: little interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: talked to uh, Keith Bonifa uh, after the scrimmage and you know talked to him about the loss of Levon Coleman where they had that big two hundred twenty five, two hundred and thirty pound back and he says yeah everyone would like to have one. I asked him if they'd like Kamari Pleasant to take over that role and if he can put on the weight. But you know that's definitely something to keep an eye on how much weight Kamari can put on because he said, you know, we'd love for him to be able to do some of the things that Levon did. Because LeVon wasn't only just a good running back, but his pass protection was outstanding, and his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, and then as well, he's a special teams phenom.
2: Yeah, I think one of the things, one of the stats that people should watch, and I, I posted this, the stats on on the message boards and on Twitter that, um, you know, combined the running backs and the quarterbacks had a minus fifty five yards of loss of rushing. That means obviously the defense is doing their job and stringing things out and getting guys in the backfield. So. But again, that's something that Washington fans need to watch out for. Is can the running back, can the running game for Washington's offense, can it eliminate the negative plays? Okay, turn. And that's what and and, and Keith Bonifa has talked about that for a long time. How a guy like Miles Gaskin can take a three yard loss and turn it into a one yard gain, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but anytime you're going upfield and you're not going back, it's a good thing, and you're not giving up chunks of yards. So. Obviously, 55 yards lost on the on the ground game. Yeah, that's going to have to improve. Obviously, and uh, some of that was the touch sacks with the quarterbacks, and maybe they escape, and maybe they make something positive happen. So you can't take that stat with a you know as a as a gospel type thing. But it is indicative of the fact that the defense was really active today. But then, obviously, the running backs need to make a little bit more happen.
0: Well, they need to have a little bit more room there when you take a look at left tackle with Henry Roberts. Um, You know, Henry doesn't have the most experience out there. Luke Wattenberg started some at the end of last year. Uh, What was
1: it? Tackle? Yeah. What was it at left guard? Yeah.
0: Um, Then uh, you've got... um, um nick harris at center and that's a brand new position for him you've got matt james over on the right who's been around a long time doesn't have a lot of game experience and kind of the rock right now is caleb mcgarry over there who still just looks really solid you know and he walked by me again today and it's one thing seeing caleb in street clothes but he walks next to you all padded up in the football helmet it's it's ridiculous how big he is yeah it's really ridiculous uh any of the anything on the offensive line stand out to you guys
1: um, I thought, you know, they, it was
0: inconsistent.
1: I didn't think it was great all day, but it wasn't bad either. I mean, the quarterbacks had some time to make some throws. Um, the I, I thought their protections were pretty good for the most part. It was when the defense ran stunts that was when they got pressure on the quarterback. I
2: was going to say um, I, I thought the pickups by the running backs for the most part oh, were really good. There was that one um, blitz pickup that Sean McGrew had that left uh, Jacob.
1: Gave Jake Browning enough time to find a first uh, for a guy for a first down yeah. um, down the field. Yeah. So
2: I was going to say, just overall, I thought that yeah, maybe there were some missed assignments here and there, and you'd expect that in spring, mm-hmm. even at the end. But I thought for the most part, I didn't see a lot of real big blows mm-hmm. like the, like like super like a ton of gaps uh, showing up and that kind of thing. So for the most part, I thought that the offensive scheme and the way that the offensive line was lined up and the way they, they you know tried to do what they were supposed to do,
0: for the most part, it, it looked pretty sound to me. Fair to say the defense won the day, specifically the defensive front.
2: I think well, so. they they literally won the day at the end yeah. on the final play where they stuffed McGrew, and it did look like he got in. Mm-hmm. but Or not got in, but he literally was right at the line and looked like he was about to just fall in. His helmet made it in. And he just got stuffed. Yeah, but the ball didn't. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a hell of a play, and it was kind of cool. It was like Chris Peterson set it up that way. It's like, okay, put yourself right at the 10 or just inside the 10 and give you four downs to try to see if you can win this thing. And he didn't do it. With, it wasn't best on best either, and that's another Chris Peterson thing. He's... He's going to stress these guys out and he's going to try to do it in these types of environments so that when – if something happens and they need to be counted on in an actual game – they kind of understand a little bit of the pressure. It's obviously not the same. No. I mean, think you can't completely replicate something like that, but you can you can do it. You can do as good a job as you can. And um, I thought it was a pretty cool moment uh, for the defense because the defense on the sidelines they got super hyped up when the, when they were able to get that stop.
0: Kind of hard for me down on the field to see what's going on on the lines, but uh, who was wrecking havoc on the defensive front?
2: Uh, I thought Jalen Johnson
1: yet again had another great practice. Uh, Jared Pulu. Had a really good day. Um, Ryan Bowman uh, ended up with two sacks. And I think he had the most sacks yeah. of the bunch. Uh, Camilo Eifler actually had a sack today. Um, I don't know if they gave, did they give yeah. it to him yeah. on the they stats. Okay, they okay. gave it to him. So Jason Scrempos had Scrimpos, a sack. Yeah, Scrimpos, uh sack was um, was on Eason. I think it was. So um, right. he also got in on Eason and forced a bad throw. So a um, couple good guys. You know, I mean. Jalen Johnson is just, and honestly, Benning Potowai, I thought maybe probably had the best practice of anyone today. He looks quicker. On defense, he does look a lot quicker. Um, I don't know if he's lost enough, you know, a lot of weight or whatever, because most of us thought he was going to move inside to like a three technique or something like that. But he has, he just looks like he's gotten a lot quicker um, he's still got that strength to hold the edge, but then he can come off his guy and, and get outside if he needs to. So um I I personally thought Benning Potowai had the best practice on defense, at least in the in the front se excuse me, in the front seven. But um, you know, the secondary just was Unreal like it has been. That's what I was going to say,
0: you know, the defensive front looks really good. But the reason I think a lot of that is because the defensive backs, mm-hmm. they weren't giving up any space. Jimmy Lake's oh, got it rolling back gosh. there.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and if you think about it, look, Byron Murphy is probably the best cover guy. But if you just go by experience and reputation, they don't even have their best guy out there in Jordan Miller. Imagine what that secondary is going to be like with Jordan Miller, Byron Murphy, Elijah Molden, Keith Taylor, um, who the coaches have all been raving about, Keith Taylor's uh, camp that he had this year. Um, Elijah Molden is just more of the same for him. Didn't he have a pick in seven-on-sevens? He I did think? have a pick yeah. of Jacob Eason in the seven-on-sevens. So sevens. that gave him the win, right? Did Maybe. that give him the win Maybe. for best hands in the room? Well, whatever it was. Um, don't, I thought, Don't be surprised if yeah. we see that
2: tweeted out yeah. shortly.
1: I thought Brandon McKinney had a really solid afternoon and, and solid camp overall. Uh, JoJo McIntosh and Taylor Rapp were just our typical selves. I mean – The secondary is just ridiculous. And and imagine this. In other years, Kyler Gordon, Dominic Hampton, and uh, Julia Servin, at least two of those guys, if not three of them, are possibly pushing for starting roles in other years. Now, I'm not even 100% sure those guys are going to play this year. Okay, Now, I think they probably will because i will just be too good to keep off the field. But my goodness... The secondary is absolutely ridiculous with the talent level they have there. Okay. I was going to say, and the guy
0: you always forget, mm. Austin Joyner.
1: Yeah, Austin Joyner. He's still, eh, he's okay in coverage, but man, he is great on the run, fill. I saw him come up and really fill up. Uh, the running back looked like he had some space, and he just closed well, real quick. He just real stopped. quick.
0: Well, I asked yeah. Ezekiel Turner who the thumper was to replace him, and he, he smiled at me and said, Austin Joyner. Well,
2: And I think that's why we're seeing him as the second nickel right now behind Miles Bryant. Because he could, you know, could play out of the corner, but he's always been known, even since his Marysville-Pilchuk days, as a guy who wants to enforce, and he wants to impose himself physically. Uh, and then, of course, the one guy that we're not talking about, and of course, spring football always brings these guys out. Again, we were talking about Cade Otten on the offense. Yeah. The guy on the defense led the team with seven tackles, had a pick isaiah gilchrist yeah. um so it and seems has, yeah, and, and it seems like he it. it seems like guys like that always seem to emerge and all of a sudden we haven't been talking about him all spring and all of a sudden you know all the washington fans on the boards are going to be like why don't you guys talk about isaiah gilchrist he led the team in town well okay you're right he did all those things but he needs to step up because mm. outside of taylor Rapp and jojo mcintosh all you have left is brandon mckinney back there along with with Isaiah Gilchrist. And I think that's why you're starting to see maybe like a Miles Bryant starting to fill in at safety a little bit more because they're not super deep at the safety position right now. And one thing I'll say about the pick, it
1: was still he was put in the he was in the right spot to make the play. But that was really made by the person hitting Jacob Sermon as he's throwing the ball. He throws it like 10 yards over the the, guy, the intended receiver's head, and Gilchrist is right there. He still makes the play, and he brings it back, what, 17, 20 yards, something like that? Yeah. Or whatever it was. 26 yards. 26 yards. Okay, what? It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't, with the, you didn't have, have to say it. You didn't have to say I'm it. But just anyway, <laughs> me. anyway, just I'm not discounting his play, but, I mean, it, it wasn't like he went up and made a great – Play on the ball. Right. He, he was just. It was literally almost thrown right to him. Yeah. So, but still, good day for him.
2: Absolutely.
0: Defensive defensive leaders: Isaiah Gilchrist, seven tackles on the day. Tevis Bartlett with six. Uh, Shane Bowman, excuse me. Right. Uh, Ryan Bowman with five. Jake Wamba, the walk on linebacker, with five. Kyler Manu, who got a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of reps today, had five. And uh, Austin Joyner also with five. Yeah. So.
2: Um, <laughs> But it's encouraging. I mean, you know, guys like Kyler Manu need to get in there and get their get their noses into it a little bit and just kind of get a taste for it because that's a guy that, you know, you never know if what these freshmen are going to do. And, you've, you know, obviously Brandon Wellington coming back, DJ Beavers coming back. You hope those guys play 100% healthy. But there's absolutely no guarantee. And they need a guy like Kyler Manu to spot Phil at the very, very least.
0: Tevis Bartlett looks like he's adjusting pretty well to playing inside.
2: Yeah, I, I think,
1: um, honestly, I, I thought that he would be a pretty good, excuse me, pretty good Sam. But um, I think when, when you go back and watch his film, because I watched his film in high school, I think middle linebacker was his better – His he was better suited for middle linebacker. And um, not that Washington made a mistake. I just, I go back and watch it. I'm like, you know what? He probably was a better fit inside because of the, his physicality and the way he likes to play. Yeah,
2: but he's not playing the mic. He's playing the I will. Know,
1: I know. He's playing the will, but he's still inside. Right. And I and I think that's just where he's better, a
0: better fit. Right. Well, with that wrestling background, he sure seems to be able to shed blocks there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he it, should be. Yeah. 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 No, uh, no, I thought Tevis looked good. And he's a guy that a lot of the time people are just overlooking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just because he's steady he's kind of become the voice for one
1: of the voices on defense too I mean when, when they're doing practice and they put him in a situation and the defense holds uh he just goes we win you know <laughs> and you hear him you can hear him cheering over everybody so kind of a goofy guy but uh knows when to get serious and, and the other players will tell you they look to him as a leader on that team
0: yeah we'll get into some recruits that were on campus as well as the former players here in a minute but uh, anything else on today jump out at you Scott um, I we could talk special teams. Yeah, we could talk
1: special teams. Um, I thought Peyton Henry looked good for the most part, although he did miss a couple uh, kicks. But for the most part, his kicks looked solid. Um, yeah, he was
2: basically one for two during the actual scrimmage in terms of the stats. Yeah, yeah. he made one. I think from thirty seven. But they were doing didn't they? Call it like a kicking around the world yeah, or something like that. Yeah, they, that's what they, they were called
1: sending him back and forth in the different hash marks, yeah. different lengths, and all that different stuff. And I think he hit a. Uh, Six of seven or something like he that. Hit, he hit a bunch. He, hit, yeah. I
2: think he only missed the one that hit the right upright. Yeah,
1: and then uh, uh, Van Soderberg um, missed one and made one that I that I remember. Yeah, and who's the other guy? Neil.
2: Some of them McNeil. We just McNeil? we've yeah. just finally figured out his yeah. last name. Don't even yeah. know his first name. Um, yeah, he has a decent leg, but I mean, the one thing that I kind of noticed on special teams is I because I, I, first of all the, the in terms of the field goals the PAT style. Um, What we saw today I think kind of mirrored a little bit of what we saw the last scrimmage that we could watch, which was on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. where Henry hit like seven or eight in a row, just buried him. I think we saw a lot of that same stuff today. So hopefully Peyton Henry turned a corner a little bit. Um, I will say, too, on the kickoffs, his kickoffs are noticeably shorter than Van Mm Soderbergh's. I would not be surprised if Soderbergh ends up being the main uh kickoff guy because he clearly has
0: the stronger leg of the two if they decide to actually kick it off and not squib everything down with the new rule taking impact well we'll see i mean
2: you know chris peterson on friday said he definitely they have some ideas about what they want to do with that stuff but they're still kind of researching it and what they what they think they can get away with and what they want to try to do it'll be very interesting to see how that how that rule impacts um how teams kick off because they're they're there's no doubt that there could be some creative license with some of these special teams
0: coordinators and how they want to approach it. Yep. A few recruits here today off the top of your head. Scott, do you remember who uh, was there?
1: Stefan Wright, who's out of Cathedral. He's a D-tackle um, out of there. Uh, late Le... Leitu Ligasanoa. Tuli- yeah. Leitu Ligasanoa, uh, the signee from De La Salle. Gunnar Rask, a 2019 kid from De La Salle. Uh, not sure if he's an offer guy or not, but um, you know he was up. Um, Cal Frank, a kid from um, Southern California, uh, was also up. He's an offensive lineman, big guy. Um, I saw MJ Ale, uh, the signee from Fife. 2018, Soli uh, Palaseo, his teammate, um, he's a 2019 defensive tackle, was here. He's a borderline Pac-12 guy, so I think he's going to need to get to camp and maybe even have some of his senior season before they do anything on him, if they're going to do anything. Uh, trying to think off of the top. Oh, No, uh, JT Tui Malau. I just told you, I said Tule, and you thought I said Tui. So uh, JT Tui Malau was not there, at least that I saw. He might have been, but I didn't see him. But some Eastside Catholic guys were there. G. -G Scott was definitely in the the crowd. We're pretty sure we saw Kyler Gordon. Not 100% sure because it was all the way across the stadium, so I don't know if we saw him or not. Uh, Cameron Davis and Taj Davis, not brothers, just so everybody knows. Not cousins, not brothers, not related. Even though they both play for Upland. They they both play for Upland, and they're very good friends, but they are not uh, related in any way. They were both up. Cameron Davis, obviously, a commit to UW, running back. Taj Davis, a wide receiver, not committed and not uh, offered yet by Washington. That might change, though, eventually. Um, I'm trying to think is do we see anybody else I you know we're just well, I, there are a lot of kids there um, and stuff but
2: uh, Nathaniel Nathaniel Nate Kolepo yeah. oh, was here.
1: Oh yeah and um uh the running back Trey are not running back the wide receiver Treylo Trey
0: was here as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um bunch of former players. Yeah, here. a lot
1: of former players. Bunch
0: of former players. Uh, there might know. have
1: been more Former players than recruits. Yeah. Uh,
2: Could have been,
0: yeah. Uh, Deontay Cooper uh, here, of course. Uh, it was good to see Deontay. Uh, Azeem Victor. Uh, Vita Vea was here and uh, signing autographs. Talked to him a little bit about that.
2: I saw him sign a Powerade bottle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vita may have a surprise or two for a draft day, so keep oh, tuned. No, keep, keep tuned on uh, Vita Vea. Is
1: he, he going to do the uh,
0: what did what did Danny wear? What he's not, lava, uh,
2: what, so. he's not doing, No, no, it's no lava yeah. lava.
0: Yeah, um, but, but
2: it, it may it may be something about his wardrobe, so pay yeah. attention.
0: Yeah, oh, uh, Kevin King was here. Buddha Baker, uh, John Ross talked to John Ross a little bit, so it was good to talk to John.
1: A Utah quarterback was here.
0: Uh, Troy Williams was here. Um, (laughs) Shaq Thompson was here. Shaq Thompson. Uh, Uh, Brandon Brandon Beaver was here. Micah Hatchie. Micah Hatchie was here, yeah. Yeah. God, and there Was, was uh, Morgan
2: Roseboro. No. I see him all the
0: time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daryl uh, Daniels was here. Zim
2: was here. Victor. Keyshawn Buria was here. Yeah, A uh, ton of guys. Yeah, uh, no. Might be missing one or two, but there was a ton of guys. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: lots of guys here. Uh, Vita had his hair down, and I didn't recognize him. I thought it was Danny Shelton. I've never mm-hmm. seen Vita with his hair down, no. so uh, it was good to see uh, those guys, but a lot of those guys coming back. Zeke Turner was um, also by here the, as well. By
1: the way, I can't Speak for everybody, but Vita Vea looks like a big friggin' teddy bear. He's got that big smile, always has that real calm demeanor, and then you get him on the field, he's a completely different person, but still, he just looks like a big teddy bear. He's
0: killing people and he's laughing I about know, it.
1: I, know. I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's laughing about yeah, it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. He was wearing a San Francisco uh, Giants. Yeah, uh, jersey uh, down on the field. So he's a
0: North Cal guy. Yeah, he's North I saw
1: uh, Hatchie with his son and or, and his wife there. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of fun to watch too.
0: It's always good to see the former guys come back. Yeah, so and it seems
1: like that group, that death row group from the what the 2016 uh, season, seems pretty tight and pretty bought into what is going on here at the University of Washington. It seems like. I, I granted we don't know where Kevin King. I mean, Kevin King's in Green Bay, but he spends spent almost his entire off season in Northern California because he was rehabbing his uh, shoulder.
2: And he's from Oakland.
1: Yeah, he's from Oakland. So, but and uh Buda Baker's just down in Arizona. Sidney Jones is the only one from that group who didn't seem to make it out this time. So. um yeah, it's that group is pretty tight, I and mean, I guess we'll we'll see where Azeem goes, where Keyshawn goes, where Vita ends up. But I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of those guys back here for stuff like this, and maybe during their bye weeks uh, during the season. You know, I we saw Sh- Buda during, Shaq during Thompson bye week last, comes back. Yeah, yeah,
2: last year we saw Buda during bye week. We saw Kevin King during a bye Shaq week. Jack
0: Thompson as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, um talking to Zeke Turner, he's taking twenty credits right now, uh so he could be finished with school. Uh Azim told me he'll be watching the draft at home with his family. You know, he's hearing right around the third round is pretty you know, late second to third round is you know what Azim is hearing. But uh you know, Vita. Is, I think it just depends on how many quarterbacks go in the top ten where he's going to go. But he's definitely a top ten pick. So, uh, you know, something definitely he's a top kicking. ten
1: talent. I think the problem with him is going to be that he's just a true nose tackle. And yes, I agree with both of you guys. He causes problems up front. But those guys who are nose tackles just they fall, and it's not their fault they fall, but they fall. And I, he's talented enough to go in the top ten. I'm just not sold it's going to happen. We'll have to see.
0: Yeah. Final thoughts, Scott Eklund, spring ball is
1: done. See, I know. It's hard to believe we're at the, almost at the end of April here, and uh, we only have, what, that's May, June, July, and then we start fall camp. I mean, we've got three months to the start of fall camp, so it's pretty crazy to think that we're almost there. we got, we got uh, recruiting going to pick up really heavily in May uh, for the May evaluation period. There's going to be a lot of visits a lot of coaches visiting schools a lot of visits from kids locally or not locally but here at the campus
2: but we still expect very few official visits.
1: yeah the, i know of two that are probably going to happen at the end of june um we'll have a little bit more on that um when i can announce it because i don't think the guys have actually locked it in yet But um, Washington is looking at bringing in probably two guys on official visits that I know of. I've said it's going to be less than 10. I really think it's going to be less than 5. I will be shocked if they do more. And part of the thing about why they're not able to visit some of these kids, uh, there's a lot of kids who can't visit because they haven't taken the SAT yet. And you have to have your SAT score yeah. before
2: you, you don't you have to have, have a, to know what the score you don't is. have to
1: have a quality you just have to ha- show yeah. that you have taken the sat right. and then you can do it you don't have to have a qualifying score you don't have to even have You'd, a score you
2: don't have to know what yeah. your score is just that you've taken you've it.
1: taken it and they'll get they get they give players proof of that yeah. and because stuff like obviously that, so. it,
2: it takes time for that to get resolved
1: exactly so um but um you know and then we get into uh the camps uh dirt dog camp passing camp and Rising Stars camp for all the first week of June and uh, and then we're pretty close to and then the coaches go on vacations and then they come back and we start fall camp. It is crazy how fast it goes. I back to spring ball. I love what they got done during spring ball. I think this team is building depth. Wide receiver and kicking game are my biggest concerns right now, but I think some of those things are getting solved. If not this spring, then they got then some of the, the wide receiver situations should be solved by this
0: by this summer. Final thoughts, Chris Fedders. Uh,
2: I just think the one negative because I, I think overall it was nearly a flawless spring. If you're Chris Peterson, I think the one negative obviously is Greg Gaines going down. Um, don't know how long that's going to be for. I don't think it's something that people should be worried about in terms of him not being able to play or anything. But it's unfortunate that he got hurt, and um, obviously he's going to. You know, it's going to take some time for him to heal up. But uh, I fully expect he'll be available for fall, no problems. But uh, that is the one downside is you always want to try to protect these guys as best you can. And as much as these guys, as much as the coaches do, and these guys are as as protective as any staff in the country, I believe, in my opinion, uh, you know, still stuff happens, and it's unfortunate. But that's about the only thing I think. Everything else I think we're really, according to script, Um, I think the one thing is with the offensive line, obviously there's still some shuffling around. When you you don't have a Trey Adams, it's difficult. But I think having that five, and, and not just the starting five, but having that backup five, both of those teams worked as full units for the entire spring. And I thought that was really crucial for these guys to get some chemistry, get some communication, cohesion going. I thought that was big. But And then overall, Scott, I think you're right. I think still trying to find that that group of receivers that are going to take up and take the next jump. I think we saw hopefully a a preview of things to come with a guy like Cade Otten, for instance. Uh, Again, a guy like Ty Jones, uh, a guy like, you know, again, Aaron Fuller, Andre Bocelli. You know, you got Quentin Pounds, Chico McClatcher coming back. You've got all the pieces in place to get it done. It's just a matter of can they get it done. And then obviously... Jake Haner, I think, was probably the biggest biggest story of spring in terms of him really solidifying the backup uh, quarterback spot because we all knew that Jake Browning wasn't going to take a step back. It was a matter of can another guy take a step forward? I think Jake Haner did that. So those those are kind of my biggest takeaways.
0: Yeah, I think the you know probably the number one priority coming into spring ball was to uh, get Jake Haner a lot of reps so that uh, he could be ready to step in. I'm still not real comfortable if he has to start a game and play. A, game or two I'm not sure that that would be a good thing but uh, they got them the reps necessary the best that I think that they can do I'd uh, I say think that's
1: that any th- any team in the yeah. country right now the second it the, yeah. went a first, other than Alabama everybody anybody who sends in their second quarterback is probably not going to be very comfortable
0: I think uh, I, I like the way Ty Jones emerged um, I think that um, he could be one of the most improved players uh, on the team this year so good to see that offensive line I think it's still a work in prog- progress and they've got to find something with this kicking game and they've got to get that solidified um, they can't have what we've seen this fall that's just not good enough I mean this spring what we've seen Isn't good enough. I mean, it's okay. It's just not good enough. Um, You know, we've got a lot of work to do over the next few weeks. Uh, Look for, you know, position breakdowns on everything from this spring. We will break down every position. Uh, Chris Fetters and myself will be heading back to Nashville, meeting with the corporate guys at 24 7 and CBS Sports. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that with the crystal ball, the composite rankings, uh, a chat, chat room, all the other stuff that we've been uh, screaming for and find out the progress of that. And uh, basically, they're, you know, we're hopefully going to find out the tools that we're going to have to work with this season. Uh, again, we've got a lot of. Um, uh, you know recruiting stuff coming up and then uh, i'm gonna try to catch up with coach mike hopkins he's out on the road quite a bit doing some recruiting they got one scholarship available so probably have a little bit of basketball in there as well so in about three weeks we really start ramping down a little bit because there's just not a lot going on uh you know except for the recruiting stuff so uh you know we get a little in camps b- yeah so things start to slow down a little bit but uh, we'll keep on you know cranking out the content Spring ball, 2018, in the books. Nobody's dead. None of us are in jail, so we'll call it a success. So, uh, for well, all
1: last of... spring with Luke, yeah,
2: ben, is it really? Yeah, he's a senior you this sure? fall. He's a senior this fall. Well, that means he still is going to be here for spring. Don't tell him. He don't know. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's going to be here. He'll he be here next mention. spring. He made a mention to He'll it. He'll be here next spring.
0: He doesn't know he's a senior. Don't tell him.
2: He's not graduating early. <laughs> you sure? Is he graduating early? Do you know? He's entering the draft. Is right? <laughs> <laughs> Good point.
0: I S- something, something I didn't. Yeah, yeah. He's going to get drafted by another website. Yeah, probably. Anyways, so from all of us at dogman.com, for our intern, Luke Munger, who had to take off early for a Young Life event, I'm Kim Grells with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, Go Dogs.